and welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and I am talking to you. Uh, I'm on my hands and knees in the garage uh, at our new rental house in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm scrubbing slats for a bunk bed table combo thing that I bought through Facebook. Um, because it, it, most of our stuff here in the Austin house is rented because we rented a, an empty house. And uh, so we rented furniture, but there's a few pieces that we, I just, I once, now that we've been living in the house, um, I guess it's been about three weeks, um, I'm starting to find the things that, you know, we really need. Uh, we unpacked. Let me back up for a second and introduce myself. First of all, if you're new to my channel, I'm Rosalinda Roman. I go by Rosalinda. And my family and I lived on a sailing catamaran, um, and before that, New Mexico, hence the name New Mexico Castaways. Uh, for the past two years, we were on that boat. And then we moved off the sailboat earlier this year, traveled full time for several months. And then we came to Austin. My husband has a job opportunity here. My daughter, our 13-year-old daughter, Ahava, is um, a competitive gymnast, and she wanted to focus on uh, training more consistently. Not a lot of great uh, training options on beautiful, remote, um, tropical islands. So we are in Austin. And my uh, podcasts now are mostly just Rosalinda's ramblings, which is my take on whatever is going on in our lives. We still very much travel and do that, but right now, for the current uh, month, we are doing a very domestic, we're, we're looking like a very domesticated family. Um, and so I thought I would talk about some of the differences and the transition and how that has been for our family. Uh, but right now, I'm going to just give you the warning that I'm building this cabinet piece, um, actually with my daughter, not cabinet, it's a, it's a bunk bed, and then on the bottom it's, it's a, a table plus a futon. Um, and I bought it, like I said, on Facebook, and the thing is brand new, been in boxes apparently for years. Um, the gentleman that sold it posted just a picture of the, of the outside box, and described it as brand new, and I bought it for $250. And the reason I decided to buy it is I looked online, and I looked at this bunk bed, and it's like a $750 bunk bed. And so I was like, if this is anything like what he says it is, uh, this is definitely a great deal, and it's what I was looking for. So basically, this house that we're renting in Austin has three bedrooms, and two baths, and then it's got this front room that it basically has collected all the stuff that we couldn't figure out where it goes. It's surprising to me how much stuff we have considering we've been living on a boat for two years, but we do, we have more stuff than space to put it. Um, part of that is we have stuff from other stages in our lives and you also accumulate stuff once you have a house you start to get like right in front of me I see a lawnmower which we just bought because that's part of the deal of living in this house is we have to maintain the lawn hang on let me turn these over um, let me finish the thought about this bunk bed first so anyway the guy had it obviously in his garage I saw on the uh, tag attached to these boxes it was bought by him in 2010, 
and at the time of this recording, it's you know, late 2018, so it's been sitting in a garage. One of the boxes, which had the slats for the bed, it's basically just the underside of the bed, um, that one had a tear in it and looked like it had some water damage. So those boards don't look great, um, but they're totally usable. There's nothing you know, terrible about it. They're intact, they're just not pretty. Well, the rest of the wood is gorgeous. It's a beautiful, um, it's described as cappuccino wood, whatever that is, but color. Um, but the wood is solid and really pretty. And so I'm just taking my time. Luckily, the part that was affected, and it did have like mold on these uh, slats, had some black mold, which of course I'm uh, paranoid about. Having lived on a boat, you never want mold. And it seems like it's the hardest thing to get rid of wherever you are. Uh, but anyway, so I'm cleaning these because other than this, the bed is in perfect condition. I mean, it, you know, we have to buy a mattress and stuff like that. But it's actually not going to be used for a bed most of the time. I'm trying to create the front room as a reading nook. My kids love to read, and that is fantastic. Um, but it's a relatively small house, and just like on the boat, you have to kind of find the appropriate space to do different activities. So we now, now that we're back in... Um, on a, in a set location for a while. We got our PlayStation again, and that is hooked up. We bought a TV and a, um, a TV stand, and so that's all set up in the living room. Well, that's not a great place to try to read a book, and a lot of times I don't like the kids hiding in their bedrooms. I mean, there's certainly a time and a place for that, but I don't, you know, we're, we're a very... Um, involved family. We are very actively involved in each other's lives. And so um, I'm just not a fan of like putting on your headphones and blocking everyone out in your area. Um, it's just not the way we do things. We like to be involved with each other. So the kids know that they can read for a time in their room, but they can't just hide in there. Um, and so that's what, that's what the front room will be. It'll, it's going to be like a reading nook. Um, and so that's what this bed is going to be for. I'm going to pause because my sweet Ziva just walked out. Say hello. Hi. And uh, I'm going to talk to her, and then I'll talk to you some more. Please stand by. Okay. And most necessary. For what? So you know how, like, when you're on computer or whatever, and you're taking mm -hmm. a math or whatever you're typing for. Right. Like, there's not a division sign. Or a bunch of the signs, there's no accent symbols or a bunch oh, of right. symbols, right? Mm -hmm. And you're always just like, how do you, how the heck do I do this? I found a website that gives you the code to all the symbols. Oh. And awesome. it's like you type Control Shift U and then type in the code and then it just and then enter and it pops up and it works. That's awesome. And it, here's me. And it actually worked. The code, the command works. Yeah. Well, see, now that is interesting because I just got that Microsoft um, computer or whatever yeah. it is. And the Windows computer. And I was looking for that because I couldn't find how to put the accent. I knew how to do it on a Mac. And back in the old days, I used to use a PC and I knew how to do it on a PC. But I could not, get, yeah, they changed it, and so I couldn't get it to write the accent on Roman. 
So I'll have to, you'll have to show me that. And it's weird, well, and it's like, um, there's this other one for Word, it's like this weird thing, but I like, and it's like a chart basically, it shows you the symbol you want, and then it's just a bunch of different like numbers and letters of code, and it's so cool, I'll have to show you this, but I just okay, thought it. That's awesome. Um, and how's your work going? Well, I have to redo that science thing, so Good. I just, I'm finishing up that, okay. and then I'm going to do the pre-test, okay. and then I have to do one lesson in um, language arts. And, and you're not activated yet, or you haven't heard from the world history one, right? No. Okay. Hey, um, I'm almost done rinsing these. I'm going to rinse these and then let them just sit out and dry. Yeah. And then I'll come in and when you're ready, we'll build. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm back, and apparently I didn't stop recording when she came out, so maybe you got to hear a little bit of um, Ziva sharing her excitement about a new uh, tool she found to have some um, division symbols, I don't know. Anyway, it's always fun because my kids, so um, they've been boat schooling when we were on the boat. They boat schooled or world schooled as we traveled. Um, and it's really fun when they start to figure out that they can do anything and figure out anything if they just set their minds to it. Obviously, there was a problem with one of her assignments, um, and I'll talk about the school thing in a minute, but she just handled it and figured out a solution, so that always warms a mama's heart. Um, so where was I? I was talking about this uh, bed and uh, the front room. Yeah, so I'm creating this reading nook in the front room because um, there's a little dining room which is perfectly fine for us. I mean, our boat had a, a salon, we called it, which is the, the dining, area, dining living area. It was a table combined with the, the living room couch. And, um, you know, we had that as our gathering place or the outside deck. Um, so we don't need a huge dining room and the one we have is perfectly fine. So we have this front room that I had no idea what to do with it. So I started brainstorming and looking at the stuff that, was, that never found a home because surprisingly, like this house, there's a couple closets. There's a closet in each bedroom, but there's, no, there's not a lot of like shelves and storage spots. And I don't want to rent a bunch of furniture that we don't need necessarily. You can tell I just stepped outside because I'm going to hose off these things that I just washed. Um, and uh, anyway, so let me step back in here to finish my thought. Uh, so what's surprising to me is that the house has a lot less storage options than the boat did. On a boat, every, like, seat that you sit on can be lifted and underneath is storage. At most, many boats, the steps that you walk up and down, those are storage. Um, underneath your bed, like, there's cabinets for storage. There's forward holds. There's, there's a lot more storage on, at least our boat was a Lagoon 450. There's a lot more storage than you would think on a boat. Um, so, after we took all that stuff off the boat, 
plus some other things that we had kept in other locations. I'm realizing we have more stuff than place to put. And a big part of that for me is like art and office supplies and uh, what else doesn't have a home? Oh, the, the games and toys. Uh, there's not a lot of space for that. There's a linen closet, but we kind of need that for towels and sheets and stuff. And there's a front closet that looks like it's like a coat closet, but we're using that for everything that we had um, boat related that we didn't get rid of, like our paddle boards, our dive gear. Um, I don't, I don't want to put it in the garage because the garage is stinky and I see mouse droppings around here. And I think I mentioned in the past on a past recording that I, I've seen cockroaches every time I've come out here to like empty the trash or whatever. There's like a big palmetto bug. So it's not the place that I want to put anything that matters to me. Um, I've got like the coolers out here and um, fishing poles and stuff like that. But mostly I don't want stuff here in the garage. Um, so anyway, my point to telling you all of this is it's interesting going from the boat to a house because some of the things you think you would have way more space and plenty of room to put things, you should in theory, have a lot less stuff on a boat than you would in a house, but that doesn't always translate, I'm finding. Um, we've, gone, we've done the reverse, going from our house in New Mexico, 2,500 square feet, to the boat, which took a huge, it was a huge undertaking, and we used a system called KonMari, which you can go back to past episodes to learn about. Um, and that I, I did do that, and that was a, a really um, freeing process to get rid of a lot of stuff. Now I'm in the reverse of that, how to take stuff from the boat and move it into a house, and also to how to help yourself remember not to overbuy and not to fill every space you have, because, I mean, now we have space, way more space than a boat but I don't want to collect a bunch of junk and have a bunch of stuff we, we don't need. So I'm trying to be mindful about each space and what we need and what furniture realistically we need. When we got here, Nathan had already ordered a bed for each room. So Ahava's room has a queen size bed. Samuel's, uh, Samuel and Ziva still share a room and that's um, a bunk bed with the bottom is a full and the top is a twin. And then our room has, I think, a king size in it. And then dressers, but, oh, and, and then the living room has like a couch and a uh, love seat. But that's it. I mean, we, and again, those are rented. So when, if and when we're finished here with this project, which allegedly is a six-month thing, then we will uh, send back the rental furniture. And I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of stuff we don't want. Um, so, but at the same time, I want to have things that we can use and enjoy while we're here. And that's where this bunk bed is, where that, that is coming into play. We're, I'm creating a reading, studying nook, which on the top, it is a bunk bed, but I'm going to have that be, I know it'll be a place that the girls and maybe Samuel will kind of go up there to get away and do their reading. Um, it also can be, that room will be the place where we have everybody bring their electronics every night and charge it in one set place because it really bothers me when we tell them to go to bed and they're on their iPad or on some, uh, some device or something like that. 
so we have a family policy that at the end of the day, when we say it's time to go to bed, they take their electronics and put them in the charging station. So that front room is gonna have a space for that. It'll have a space for the printer. It'll basically be like the arts and crafts and reading nook. I'm calling it our quiet room, whereas the living room is gonna be where they do um, play their, their PlayStation Move games and where we watch football and TV and stuff like that. So it's been interesting to have that kind of space and, and it's especially interesting to, have, to be in a neighborhood where there are people that we can interact with every day. Like right now I'm standing in the garage and I can see my neighbor's uh, houses and it's a very strange thing to know that, you know, I have to be aware and mindful that, you know, I, of, of how I behave and what I do. I'm stepping out now uh, into, the, into the air. So I'm gonna pause and uh, I'll check in again after I finish this cleaning job. And by the way, it's 105 here in Austin. It's August and it's ridiculously hot. So I'm gonna put you on pause and go finish this job outside so I can quickly move inside and cool off. Okay, I'm back inside and I took longer than I thought out there because I realized something. After I finished cleaning the slats for the bed, I noticed that it was time to water the lawn. Well, this morning there was uh, a guy in our backyard and Nala was going nuts, which I was like, good girl, because she barked at the appropriate time, which is so great. We've had dogs in the past who don't know when to bark and don't alert that there's a, a man in my house that happened in New Mexico once. Um, so... Nala got a treat, and then I went out to check out what was the deal, and it was the lawn maintenance, he, not the lawn maintenance guy, because we're renting this place, and the landlord uh, says we have to maintain the lawn, but I guess they uh, are still putting the fertilizer on, and he didn't knock or call, and so he was out there, good thing my dog wasn't out there, the way I, I heard her kind of woof and bark, but I looked out and the gate was open and he was back there and I was like, oh my gosh, I am not used to this. <laughs> Just the whole, what comes, you know, people come and go in a neighborhood. They do their job, they move on. It's no big deal, but I'm just not, I guess, used to that. It's, I'm used to our space. <laughs> so anyway, the lawn guy was giving me some tips because we've, we're newbies to lawn maintenance. We've never had a lawn before. When we lived in New Mexico, our house was on 75 acres up against the forest, no lawn, uh, some xeriscaping, if you know what that is, basically, you know, some landscaping with rocks and native plants that don't have, uh, not grass, not grass. In fact, I tried at one point to make a, a grassy area uh, in our backyard in New Mexico on kind of the, the little hill around the playground and it was a complete failure. Just not enough water, I guess, in New Mexico to, well, I'm sure there are brands and kinds of grass that would have survived, but it was a one-off project and it failed. Just like my uh, attempts at growing crops failed, except for summer squash and tomatoes in New, in New Mexico. Because uh, our home, by the way, is at 7,500 feet. So, a lot of things don't grow up there. And 
um, I'm not exactly a green thumb. So this lawn maintenance guy was putting fertilizer on, and I'm like, uh, is that going to hurt my dog or my kids? And he's like, no, we use organic, whatever, this or that. I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to keep them in for the day, which is fine. But he said that one of the things that he noticed, we have like these brown patches on the lawn, and it's apparently all of the, when you cut the grass, all of the stuff that the, the, what do you call it, the, not scraps, but, you know, the the part that has been cut off, I'm sure there's a name that will come to me in a second, but all of that just kind of was on the lawn in um, piles, and that uh, prevents the the rest of the lawn, the grass seed, from from breathing, I guess, from the little tiny shoots from growing. So he recommended this morning, he said, yeah, I would, I said, should I remove that? Because I actually was starting an experiment when we watered and we um, mowed the lawn uh, last weekend as a family. And I was like, Nathan thought, because he also grew up in Tucson, so he never had a lawn. And so neither one of us knew what to do. And so he said, well, I think we're supposed to just leave it because then it kind of creates that mulchy, you know, good soil so that the grass can grow. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's right. And so I did an experiment and I, I raked one section of the grass and took all the, the cuttings off of the, the area that we cut. And that area is looking very alive and healthy. So I was like, huh, I wonder. So sure enough, the guy comes this morning and said, yeah, I recommend you take that, all that, the cuttings off of the lawn. So all of this to say, that's what took me so long to get back inside. I stopped to rake. There's this one section in our front lawn. The lawn looks pretty good, but there's this one section that is just brown. And I looked at it and sure enough, there was like an entire carpet of um, grass cuttings. Um, so I just raked that. I'm covered in sweat and I ha- and the sprinkler came on at that time. So I'm covered in sprinkler and sweat and I just scrubbed off the mold off those slats, which I then hosed off and also sprayed myself, which was very refreshing because it is so hot outside. But now I'm inside, I'm looking at the um, layout of the bed that I have been building with Ziva. It is quite a process. It's a, it's a big project. It's very heavy. And now I can tell you the name of it. It's a coaster bed. It's a, the name of the company is Coaster. And it's like, a, let's see, Coaster Company of America. doesn't tell me specifically what it is. But um, yeah, so that is what I'm working on. I'm going to come in and, and work on that. And then later, I'm going to go get Samuel from school. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've been doing now that we're in a neighborhood, and that, and that includes talking about school. So let's, uh, let me check on Ziva, and then I will be right back to continue the conversation. She's working on some assignments, and I just need to make sure everything's getting done. Please stand by. Awesome. So she was at a breaking point, and so she is going to come and help me build the bed because that's something that we're working on together, and I'm really loving that. And that is something I really want to talk to you about, the homeschool versus school-school, brick-and-mortar school drama that we've had in the past week, uh, two weeks, basically. 
So I want to do that, but first I want to use the time because she just took a break from her work and she's got time to work with me and it's a two-person job really. So I am going to be back, but I'm going to have to ask you to stand by once again so I can work with Siva. Okay, I'm back and I uh, we have two parts or two the major parts of the bunk beds built and they are quite impressive. I will put a picture of the end result, the the middle and the before middle and end result um, in my New Mexico Castaways group. If you don't know about that, just check out uh, my Facebook page on NewMexicast.com. No, uh, my Facebook page, it's Facebook slash NewMexicast. And um, just check it out. And there's a link that says, sorry, I'm trying to take a picture at the same time I'm talking. I cannot walk and chew gum at the same time, apparently. Uh, Anyway, so the... Facebook group is where I share extra photos and videos, and it's just a private group. I have a link in that group to uh, a Google Photos album where I like to share some of our um, more personal pictures from our adventures, and you can find on the Facebook page, you can find the um, sign-up button for that private group. So if you like these stories that I share, I try to always put some pictures up so that you can see what I'm talking about. Occasionally I'll put video as well. Um, But anyway, so Ziva and I have been making really amazing progress. I really am impressed with this little girl. Um, It fits right in with what is on my mind right now, and that is specifically thinking about the homeschool factor. Ziva and Ahava decided to stick with the online school that they've been doing. Uh, it's FLVS, in case you're interested to know what that is. It's a Flor- the Florida Virtual School, and it has been a good match for my kids and for our lifestyle. But when we moved to Austin, Samuel decided he did not want to do that anymore. He really wanted to go to a brick-and-mortar school, and that was totally fine. We had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of discussions as a family to try to decide what each kid wanted to do the most. And at that, at the time that school started, which is basically a week ago yesterday, um, the girls decided they wanted to do Florida Virtual School and Samuel wanted to go to uh, the local elementary school. A big part of that for Ahava was she does her gymnastics and the way that it works, her her school would have gotten, and we did. We went and toured the schools, and it's a they, it's a really good school district. There's a lot of really good schools here, so it was nothing against the local schools. But um, with her gymnastics schedule, her training schedule, she trains from uh, three thirty every day to. every night, so five days a week, five hours at a time, and that's an incredible amount of training, as you can imagine. And because of that, it's really, um, you know, we don't get to see her as much. That's that's number one. Number two, it's, um, sorry, I'm looking at things back on the bed trying to build it. So it's a a lot of um, 
training that she does. But this, the next issue was that school would be going from, I think she would leave here at like 7.30 in the morning and not get home until, um, get out of school at 3.30 so or 3.35. So the way that the other gymnasts do it is they do something called off-campus PE. And instead of having to spend that hour during the school day uh, doing PE, they just do you know, they, their gymnastics is their PE, which makes total sense when you think about the fact that they are training um, 25 hours a week. Well, the problem is, because we came in late, the school district said, sorry, we can't uh, approve your request for um, homeschool, I mean, not homeschool, for um, off-campus PE. So there's no way for her to do that, and without the ability to do that, that really um, adds a layer of stress that we really just don't want to take on. Um, I, we actually really like our kids, and we like to see them if we can, you know, after living on a boat. Um, the idea that we would not see her at all, except on weekends, um, really not attractive to me. So when she said, well, I don't want to do it unless I know I can do off-campus PE, um, you know, we supported that. And as a result, I've gotten an endless sea of criticism from people who um, are close to us. And it's been a very stressful time because of that. Some were questioning why Ziva didn't go if Ahava didn't go. And Ziva really didn't want to go necessarily to the local public school. She, the main reason she wanted to go to a school school was because she wanted to go back to New Mexico to be with her best friend um, in middle school there. But since we are not going back to New Mexico, she wasn't uh, chomping at the bit to you know, go to the local school. Um, but it really became a very stressful situation. There was a lot of... Um, chatting with my children in ways that made me feel that it was close to cyberbullying, telling my daughter that she was um, being brainwashed and that we, you know, were being irresponsible as parents and, um, and that we were basically not letting Ziva make her own decisions. And it just, it, it just spiraled really fast out of control. Um, I think part of it is that Samuel decided to go to the local school. Yeah. Pause, please. Okay, that was a very long pause. <laughs> um, because my... So what happened and the reason I paused was uh, Ziva was home with me, and she was working on some schoolwork, and uh, she was eavesdropping on my recording, and she rightfully said, you know, who, who are you recording this for, and, you know, what are you, um, you know, why are you saying that, and so she basically called me on my, um, on what I was saying and said, you know, I don't want, we don't want to hurt anybody and we don't want to say anything that would hurt someone else's feelings. And so um, maybe you shouldn't say that, which is very true. And I respect that my kids always keep me 
you know, they try to help me. I try to help them be their best selves while they do the same for me. And so it's not a, parenting is not a one-way street. Um, what you just heard right there was a school bus going by because I am outside um, Samuel's school. This is a few days later after the, rec- the original recording. And I'm sorry for the wind, I'm sure is very loud. Um, I'll try to walk slowly, but I'm walking back from, I normally run back, but I'm gonna walk back from Samuel's school. He skates every morning to school and I skate with, I run with him with Nala. So it's quite a sight, me uh, pulling Samuel and leading the dog or the dog leading me, depending on how it's going. Um, and so then I jog home, and it's about a more, mile and a quarter that, it, that we, uh, the distance from his school to our home. So right now I'm on my way back. The girls are at home, and um, I thought I would wrap up the recording. So I, it's funny how sometimes you just need a kid to keep you... Um, you know, remind you of of who you are and who you want to be, right? Um, Basically, the bottom line is I was starting to talk about the homeschool thing, and we did get a lot of flack. And still, I think there are a lot of people who are angry at us that we're doing the homeschooling. But I don't need to throw anyone under the bus. The fact is, it was very, it's been a very difficult time, a tough decision. Um, I still don't know if it was the right decision, but... We have been reaching out to some homeschool groups, and I'm looking forward to a few planned social activities um, that we hopefully will make some local friends. Uh, Gratefully, we landed in a neighborhood where everybody's very social, and it's a little cul-de-sac, and everybody gathers at the end of the day to just chit-chat, and the kids, you know, ride a bike or play water guns. It's 100 plus out here in Austin still. So mostly they try to not melt, <laughs> but it's nice. So we have a neighborhood, but there's no kids that are my kids uh, that are the girls' ages. Um, well, actually there are boys, but they uh, have not come out yet. All the boys have been of their age are always in on their tech, and um, but the younger kids are always out. And Samuel made a friend who he just loves, which on a side note, I, I run with Nala, you know, with Samuel to school. And the first several days, I always had Nala um, come right up to the school with us. And then on, I don't know, the third or fourth day, the crossing guard said, ma'am, I need to let you know that you're not allowed to bring your dog up to the school and I thought, I didn't say anything. I said, okay. And Samuel was so heartbroken because he liked me walking him all the way into the building. Um, and so I said, it's okay. I'll just, you know, stay on this side, not go across the crosswalk and basically just be across the street from the school with Nala. Because my first instinct was to just leave Nala at home and not do it at all. And I thought, you know, that's not fair to Nala. I don't know, my embarrassed like easy easily bruised ego side wanted to just stay home uh, or leave Nala home but this is like the one time she gets to go out and 
um, and go for a run. So, I mean, occasionally we'll take her out to the dog park and throw the ball, and the kids will throw the ball with her in the backyard. But this is when she gets to get out and explore the neighborhood and, you know, all that. So I said, well, I'm just going to stay across the street. And that was on Friday was the first time we did that. Well, it's Monday. And it's still like, oh, I, you know, part of me thinks it's just easier if I didn't bring her because she's a big girl, right? She's a big German Shepherd. Um, actually, she's petite for a German Shepherd, but she's a German Shepherd. Anyway, so I ended up bringing her again, and I'm going to continue to do that because it's good for all of us. But uh, I, Samuel, right about a block from school, he said, I'm so sad that you're not going to be able to walk me in today. I said, it's okay. We're going to do the same thing we did on Friday. I'll give you, you know, kisses right at the corner. And then, because he has to stop and change out of his skates anyway, because the crossing guard told us um, you can't go across the crosswalk in, on wheels. So everybody has to dismount their bikes and skateboards and stuff like that, scooters. So I said, okay, well, let's, um, you know, let's see. We'll stop here on this side of the crosswalk, take his shoes off, and then... Um, and then uh, we, we go on to go, I mean, you know, take his skates off. Then he gets his, his um, shoes on and then he goes to school. So anyway, I stayed on this side saying goodbye and he was all sad. And then his little best friend from our little cul-de-sac happened to walk up right at that time. He's in fourth grade, Liam. And Samuel was so happy because I had said, okay, when you get to the main part of the school, like when you get to the front door, you can wave and say goodbye. And um, he was so engrossed in conversation with Liam once he saw him. They went across the crosswalk and went into the school together. He didn't even turn and say goodbye, which it's funny how, like, one minute you're, like, so worried about them and their independence, and the next they're, you know, they've already moved on and you're forgotten. And that's as it should be, right? I mean, I don't want to be forgotten, forgotten, and I don't think I ever will be, but you know, that's part of it is letting go. And sometimes the letting go is a a small little letting go steps so that eventually when they grow up and leave the nest, they're hopefully ready and you're hopefully ready. (laughs) I recently saw somebody posted something on Facebook. Oh, my mom sent me like a Comedy Central or something uh, video that was so funny. This woman was talking about how her uh, daughter, when they were getting to be older, um, like I think she said between her junior and senior year of high school, she said they turn into like just monsters. <laughs> and because of that, that's, she goes, that's okay. It's God's way. Cause otherwise you'd never let them leave the nest. But because they turn into just so mean, mean girls that at that age, you're like, by the time they're re- they graduate, you're like, oh, I'm so glad you're leaving. <laughs> which is pretty funny. I'll try to find the clip and see if I can add that audio, um, a little clip of it, because it was so funny. Anyway, all of this to say, I'm just working on figuring it out as best I can. You know, you juggle all these different things, all the, the balls in, are in motion, and, uh, and I'm doing the best I can. And I was grateful that Ziva keeps me honest. She told me, you know, that I didn't need to disparage anyone or talk too much about the, the negative. It makes me think about my, um, my favorite, all-time favorite podcast, The Manic Mommies. And they, uh, two women, Erin and Kristen, um, they always would, 
that the, the whole premise of their podcast and why everybody loved it was they shared like a girlfriend's perspective of what it was like, you know, just the, the ups and downs of raising kids. And they got to a point where their kids, all right, I have to pause. So I accidentally hit some setting while I was juggling the dog and the backpack and because I carry Samuel Skates back with me. And uh, now my, my app, my Map My Run, keeps talking to me. And so I have to keep pausing because it's telling me my distance, even though it's not, I didn't like hit a mile or anything. So I, don't, I have to check what I did. Um, but anyway, so the Manic Mommies, they they would always, you know, do this, I think it was once a week that they did their episodes, and they finally had to stop because their son, one of the, one of the kids, I can't remember which, was offended that his mom was talking about um, some of their thing, their issues, you know, and she wanted to respect his privacy, and so she, um, decided it was time to stop the podcast, which was a travesty because so many people benefited from the, the you know, just to know that we're not alone and that it's, it's not easy to be a parent and just to commiserate. Um, so everybody really missed not only the podcast, but there's a, they always did this escape where the women um, that listened would gather at a different city. They'd have an event sponsored by Chevy and um, we would always go on an annual escape, um, and that was fantastic. And we all we all keep in touch on Facebook now, and the women are always like, when are we going to have another escape? And lately, all of us are like, we just need to find a hotel and go and just be there and, you know, just happen to be at this same hotel at the same time because <laughs> um, everybody's feeling a little burnt out with the back-to-school time and all the hustle and bustle of parenting. Anyway, so I guess I'll wrap it up here and let you know I am, uh, you can find me on Facebook as New Mexicast. It's facebook.com slash New Mexicast. Um, and there's also a button to sign up to become part of our um, private Facebook group where I share more of the um, behind the scenes pictures, videos, that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that, please join. Thanks for listening and I will hopefully have better audio when I talk to you next because my wire and part of why I'm I'm using like wired headphones right now, my wireless microphone, my headphones rather, um, got left at Olive Garden by my daughter because she was talking to my husband on them and uh, they are gone. So they weren't that great anyway. So I'm going to be looking at which microphone to get next for walking and talking and movement. And hopefully by the time you hear me next time, it will be much better audio quality. All right, thanks for listening to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman. I think that God allows this to happen. And you little girls, if your babies aren't this old, just listen to me. All right, one day they'll just turn on you. And you'll think, who in the world is this? Who's coming down the steps in the morning? We don't know who this is. I think that God allows that because he knows that you're about to let your baby go off to college or whatever they're going to do, and he knows that you're grieving. So he makes them just as mean as he can. (laughs) 
so that you can let them go. And I believe that. 